I know a lot of people will reach out to me be like, oh, like, I, I want to write books or make art, and they want to know where the opportunities are. But honestly, a lot of times the opportunities may not find you unless you have already put yourself out there. And so a lot of people are afraid of posting, but you have to post if you want to show people what you're made of. Welcome back to another episode of Navigating Techland. I started this podcast as a way to explore other people's journeys through the tech industry. And I just realized that there were so many different ways that people were navigating tech, whether it was to go to a new field or even just switch out of tech completely. I'm really excited to be able to introduce my guest today, Laura. Hey, Laura. Hey. I think I'm really excited about this interview in particular because I think it resonates with me the most of everyone that I've interviewed so far. Laura has basically figured out how to become an artist full-time after leaving her job uh, in the tech industry. Uh, Just to start off, I like to introduce ourselves by painting the listeners a picture of what our identity is. Do you want to start it off, Laura? Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Laura Gao. I am a queer Chinese-American comic artist. And I grew up in Dallas, but I'm currently based in San Francisco and Taiwan, and I guess anywhere else in the world I decide to go. (laughs) So basically nomadic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so no base. I am Alice. I am Asian-American. I'm also queer, though technically I don't feel like I identify with that as much anymore now that like I'm in a hetero relationship. <laughs> and yeah, I am also an artist and a creator. So as a follow-up question, do you think your work is a large aspect of your identity? Yeah, I think what I do in terms of creating stories about non-traditional experiences and sharing that with the world that is something that is really close to my heart i would like for a lot of my life to be able to be doing that so i do hold that close to my identity but i wouldn't say that my identity is specifically that though and what about the other aspects of your identity in terms of being queer and being asian american do you think that has changed the way that you approach your life? Oh, definitely. I feel like being Asian American and queer have been such integral parts of the way that I see myself and also the way that I live my life. Um, Mainly because as Asian American, there's so many things culturally and, and not just Asian American, but also someone who immigrated over when I was younger. There's so much when it comes to being this like third culture kid that ends up becoming a huge part of my experiences, whether it's trying to be more Asian or more white growing up because I grew up in a pretty white town and that has changed a lot of the way that I've seen my identity and what I write into my art and my stories too. 
and also growing up in this like conservative place both in my asian family and in the texas town that i grew up in that changed the way that i viewed my sexuality for most of my life until i was able to come out to myself later so now that i'm on the other side i'm able to fully appreciate how both sides of this identity really changed me challenged me honestly and made me stronger as a result that's really cool and i think this is a good segue into just understanding what you've been up to so could you give like a brief overview of what the graphic novel you've been working on is yeah i've been working on my first debut graphic novel or graphic memoir specifically called messy roots and it's coming out next february with Harper Collins. And this book is it started off from a viral comic I made back in April of last year during the height of the pandemic called The Wuhan I Know. And this comic was like a short web comic that just published on Twitter talking about how a lot of the anti-Asian racism during COVID really affected me and my family because most of my family and me myself are from Wuhan and most of them actually still currently live in Wuhan. So we were at the very forefront of the nightmare that was happening. And it was so disheartening to see so much of the media here in the US and just like people on the streets and everywhere bashing my culture and what is very close to my identity. So after that comic went viral, I got the opportunity to make the book um, Messy Roots to expand even further on my immigrant journey as someone who immigrated from Wuhan and grew up in this conservative small town in Texas and grew to have my coming of age both as a Asian American and a queer Asian American. I got a, a chance to take a peek of what your book is and it, it's not just about Wuhan but about your entire life up to this point and this figuring out that you're queer and figuring out how to relate with your parents who are immigrants yeah definitely the pandemic is the pandemic kind of shows up in a couple parts of the book mainly just as something that's a triggering factor for my deeper look into my identity and all the things that kind of led to me feeling particularly marginalized during the pandemic. But most of the book is about my family's immigrant journey, about my own discovery of my queerness, and a lot of the internal identity battles I had around being Chinese American, but also not Chinese enough to my family, but not white enough to like all the friends I had growing up. Yeah, I can definitely uh, relate to that kind of identity battle. I think now I'm actually starting to dig into why I was afraid to present my Asian identity and realizing how much of that was, I guess, like internalized racism. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to be able to read the published novel when it comes out. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's changed a lot since you last read it, so I'm very stoked for it. And I actually wanted to dig deeper into your family's reaction to you deciding to leave this stable tech career into something that most traditional Asian households would consider very unstable and (laughs) maybe not even possible to make money in. Yeah, oh, it definitely was not the best reaction. I I had told them 
after I had already quit and decided to um, decided to take the book deal and become a full-time comic artist. I usually do that for big reveals of mine just so they like don't have a chance to discourage me <laughs> from taking the decision that I want to take. But yeah, they at first I think they were really shocked and upset. This isn't the first time I've done like a big career change, I suppose. So they I think for them they also were like maybe this is just Laura being Laura and going off and like doing her own thing. But at first like they definitely were super worried that I won't have you know you know stable career with the stable income but I think after a while they were able to come around to it primarily because I also told them I was getting paid to do the book (laughs) and so that was huge for them to know that oh like you can actually make a living while doing art and writing so that was a surprise for them and then second they I think they still think that this is just like a passion like a side hobby in that like I'll still go back into tech I'm not going to tell them yet that that's probably not going to happen but until then (laughs) they're pretty yeah they've come around to the book and what about you know you talk about some topics that are sensitive and maybe they've not even learned about have they gotten to read a portion of the book not really I've been pretty private with this book in terms of my parents because there are a lot of things that they don't know I, I would say in general I keep my life pretty private from my parents just because we don't have a great relationship but one mm-hmm. thing in particular was me being queer as I was writing it I wasn't out to my parents yet but I did come out to them at the very beginning of this uh like in January because I knew the book was going to come out soon and therefore there'll be press about it and I didn't want them to happen a information about the book and learn about me being queer before I had told them so yeah I I came out to them the reaction wasn't great again but it was necessary for the book and also for me to grow with the book yeah I feel like it's almost like training your parents you know you give them some bad news like unexpected news and they're like oh no and then the next time you give it it's like expected you to not go like a traditional (laughs) route last time (laughs) yeah it's i I just it's pretty funny it's like leaving little like snacks on the trail in a way you're just like slowly getting them used to the fact that you're just gonna go full 180 on all their dreams but you you slowly kind of break that apart bit by bit Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like I'm doing the same thing with my parents. I want to learn a little bit more about your journey getting to where you are at right now. So let's pull it back to when you were in school. Like, did you want to be an artist? Why did you decide to go into tech instead? Yeah, that's a great question. I had never actually ever had the intention of being an artist mainly because I was like fed so much from my parents about how you can't survive as an artist and no one ever told me ways that you could be an artist full-time either but I did grow up doing art from when I was five up until in high school I was taking art classes and in college I went to the University of Pennsylvania and I was at the business school then and I was pretty clueless about what I wanted to do. I just knew that I couldn't go to art school because my parents would definitely never pay for it. But I did, I got super bored of business classes, like probably a single semester in. And then so I started taking some art classes 
and then I did a I started doing like freelance art too by just like making designs for different organizations on campus and around Philadelphia and I got to build my own kind of like freelance art business out of that and that was super fun and a great way for me to like practice both my business and art side but even after that like I had made a, a decent amount of money then too from the business to pay off tuition but even after that I think the indoctrination was like so ingrained that when I got to closer to graduation I decided to go into tech because at the time I still really do like at the time I really did enjoy like building apps and like designing different tools I thought would like be really helpful for society and tech was infinitely seemed infinitely better than my options at the time which were finance or consulting and so that's like why I went into it and funny enough like now tech is the thing that everyone wants to do but I think when I was in school and such as since I was in the business school like that was the non-traditional career then no one had really heard of like a business kid going to tech and then everyone was I guess like everyone was it was just like confused why I even wanted to do it and my parents included I think that was the biggest shock for them but so I never like actually did super formal art training but when I did get into tech later I started working at Twitter during my time offs or after work I would use art as more of a passion or a way to relieve stress and bring in the creativity that wasn't really getting much during work. So I would just create comics on the side to write in a way like journal about my day and make sure I'm keeping up. And when you were posting these comics, were you hoping for a reaction or was it more just like, here it is, this is what I wanted to draw today? (laughs) Yeah, definitely more of the latter. Like at the time, I didn't really have much of a platform. I think I only had like a couple hundred followers, mainly like other Twitter employees, because we all had to follow each other. And I, at the the art I was posting, I don't think it was particularly good per se. Like it was just me mainly just like writing stuff about like random moments in my life. I like to do a lot of like slice of life things, or I'll just do random jokes, like really like bad puns and stuff. And I would post them because. I wanted to train myself to not be self-conscious about posting art or about sharing Mm. art. So even if it was like incomplete or if I thought that the color scheme was bad or whatever, I still would just post it because at the end of the day, like it's way better to complete something than to be perfect and Mm. not ever get it out there. Yeah. I definitely identify with that. I uh, also have the struggle sometimes with posting things that I feel like aren't perfect. <laughs> yeah, um, it's definitely a like a muscle to practice. It's like get, force yourself to like not be so perfect. Yeah, I think especially because of the fact that we have Asian parents, it's this thing that is taught to you from a young age. You gotta get the 90% to 100% marks. And <laughs> you have, you can't ever show like you're vulnerable and things like that. After the point, like at what point did you end up posting your comic that went by? Since that was April of last year, it was a couple months into the pandemic and I had started drawing that after I had taken a break for a while just for mental health reasons I had a lot of like personal stuff happen at the very beginning of the year on top of course COVID and I wasn't I couldn't get myself to draw for a while but 
when I got the impetus to draw this, it was mainly because how personal um, the topic at hand was when it came to like anti-Asian racism that was happening. And also, since my hometown was a f- was like the main town affected at the time that I couldn't focus at work and I couldn't focus outside of work. And I just knew that I needed to create something to get all of this roller coaster of emotions inside of me out of my head and into the world. I never even intended on it to be like such a big thing for so many people to see at the time. I had just taken a week off of work to like for my mental health and I decided to just draw this every day and try to complete it so that I can finally end this chapter of emotions I was going through. And then lo and behold, when I did post it, that's when I went viral. So that was pretty cool. Did it go viral basically immediately? I think so, yeah. I remember waking up for work at 8 a.m. and I decided to post it. And then I either fell back asleep again (laughs) or... (laughs) Because I think we were working from home at the time. I didn't have any meetings. So I either fell asleep again or I had a couple of meetings. I didn't check Twitter again until lunchtime. And then when I checked my phone, it was like completely blown up and... Yeah, it was like Twitter was unusable for that entire day because it was so many notifications coming in. And at what point did that viral content turn into something where it's, oh, wow, like I can actually get opportunities from this? I think that's it, it was when I started getting reached out by media and also publishers and editors via email and DMs. Like I remember I got my interview with NPR through I, I think an email went after that comic went viral and then quickly after I got a DM from a editor from Penguin at, and she wanted to just like chat and see if like I wanted to write books in the future and like writing books wasn't anywhere on my radar at the time I was just like a product manager at Twitter <laughs> um, <laughs> and I had I don't know why but it never even occurred to me that you could make a living writing books. I thought like you had to be a master's of English or something and and I never did well in my English classes. But that was super cool. I'm like really grateful for that particular editor because she was the first to reach out and I just had so many dumb questions for her. Oh, how do you how do you write books? And she was like, oh, you should get an agent. I was like, what is an agent? And and she like (laughs) just sat she sat with me for a whole hour answering all my questions which was amazing and then that was when about a day or two later when a couple agents emailed me and and that's how I signed with my agent and that got the ball rolling for my career and did these agents reach out to you or did you have to reach out to the agents yeah they reached out to me I didn't even know that you had to query agents at the time was that one of the agents that you ended up signing up on with then yeah, yeah. Brenda, who's now my current agent, she was one of the one of the agents that ended up reaching out to me. And I talked to all of them, but she really stood out as someone who like truly understood me and my vision. And she was just like such a supporter and such a great like motherly figure to me. That's awesome. What was the process of actually figuring out what the book was going to be about? Yeah, when I talked to Brenda initially I was just telling she was asking me like what I envisioned and at the time I did envision the book to be like even grander than the comic like the comic is very specific on Wuhan 
but I didn't want the book to just be like, oh, here's like a travel blog about Wuhan. That I figured people can get that from Google. <laughs> but I wanted something that was a lot more personal, which was like, what is my own immigrant story and also like my family's immigrant story, right? I think that's so important to like what home means to me. And so mm-hmm. when I started writing it, I dug back to a lot of my like old ideas where I, I had this like running dock of ideas and particularly like stories I want to tell either through comics or other mediums and there was a series that I kept adding ideas to which is like my my immigrant story series or like my family's immigrant story series and so I used a lot of those ideas to put into the initial pitch and my proposal ended up being about like 10 pages of me briefly summarizing like what I wanted the book to be uh, and, and I think I wrote that in a couple of weeks. Brenda helped edit it. And then after that, she submitted it to editors. Oh, wow. And what was the reception from the editors? Oh, it was it was really great. I ended up getting a lot of editors like interested. And like even immediately, I think I remember we submitted it on my birthday. And that <laughs> was an amazing birthday gift. And then almost immediately, probably like at the end of the day or by the next day brenda was like oh my god check your email like you already have editors interested (laughs) and that was just so cool yeah yeah like definitely the best birthday gift and what did the whole process feel like the viral and now like having this book opportunity were you overwhelmed like were, were you excited about this opportunity oh my gosh yeah it honestly was such a ride to be on I felt like I was just in a dream the entire time every day I would wake up I'd be like man I have to like pinch myself because I truly cannot (laughs) believe that this is happening yeah it it feels like that like devil wears Prada like scene where she like suddenly like transforms gets all these like opportunities do like her dream career and yeah that montage with like cool music in the background that's how I feel like I if I could replay that scene in my life that would be that scene but yeah, like it was super unreal, um, like super grateful to just happen on something like this, like for something to go viral. And then I didn't have to query and landed with like, an amazing agent and then also ended up with like, an amazing editor with a great book deal. It, it just seemed it was definitely a dream come true. And what was the hardest part of going through this process, even just like past the book creation to marketing and things like that, what mm-hmm. part do you think you struggled with the most? I think mean, I struggled the most with confronting like inner demons when it comes to writing something as personal as this. I didn't realize that writing a memoir is basically like therapy on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> And especially as someone who, like, I had only really started therapy around the time that I started the book, honestly, because I I was getting therapy for some of the personal stuff I was going through. And I think the book ended up also triggering a lot of that stuff where I had to dig back into some times in the past that I had really locked and hidden away ever since they've happened. Stuff around just, like, really bad fights with family or like racist moments I went through, different like homophobic things too. And uh, I also was writing about the beginning of, or I guess my first girlfriend. And I think that also triggered me really hard too when I was writing that chapter because one of the personal things that happened in the beginning of 2020 that I had mentioned earlier was like a really rough breakup with that particular girlfriend. So writing that chapter was 
particularly brutal to get through. But mm. I am grateful that like now coming from the other side and finishing that book, I'm able to read each page and remember when, oh, on this page I cried and on this page I laughed and on this page, you know, I just kind of, you know, you kind of remember all the different emotions that went into it. It's like a very living and breathing artifact through this emotional journey. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's like a journal in a way and now you can like even use it as a way to see what your life was like. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask, were you ever nervous that you couldn't make a book? Like this wasn't really a thing that you considered doing and didn't even know that you were capable of. What was going through your head at that? I think I've always had a fake it till you make it mind, especially since I've gone through so many, I've gone through so many different like changes in what I want to do that each time I do have to like learn most everything from scratch mm-hmm. even when I change from like business to tech I like self-taught myself how to code a lot of things and how to design a lot of things and in a way I've always thought that given enough time and enough willpower I'll be able to figure things out so that's how I felt about this book too although I would say one mistake was I don't think I gave myself nearly enough time (laughs) because I was (laughs) rushing initially to get everything done in a year but thankfully like we ended up finishing around a year and a half and, and my editor had flexibility on that timing but I did have a lot of imposter syndrome in the beginning around the fact that I didn't go to art school and a lot of accomplished comic artists did go to art school and had been refining their style for decades and I don't even think I had a style to call my own at the time I'm still struggling to find that now really but I think because I have also this like blind optimism going in um, I knew that like also figure it out no matter what because I just like lucked into this rocket ship opportunity and I wasn't going to let it slip past my fingers. I think one particular thing that happened in 2020 that really changed my mindset was I had a really good friend of mine pass away uh, in the very first half of 2020 and it was very sudden and it hit me really hard because but right before we passed away we had a talk about what dreams we wanted to accomplish after Twitter because he also worked at Twitter and he was younger than me too and the fact that he like it was just so sudden for him to go without achieving the things that he wanted to do made me realize that I couldn't waste a single second wondering if I can do something like I just got to go and do it and try and give my all so wanting to do that for him was a really big factor in, in me just not having any hesitations about doing this book yeah that's inspiring that you were able to take that kind of energy from an unfortunate event. I'm really sorry that your friend passed away. I wanted to also ask, what is your life like now? And what does like a day in a life look like um, for <laughs> a comic artist? I know it must be very different from a nine to five job. Yeah, but you caught me in my break period now where I had just finished my whole first book and I'm starting to do some early concepting for the second book so it's been pretty chill where I just wake up whenever do some 
art sketches or like do some research for my script and for the most part now at least I'm just taking a break and trying to refresh my creative brain but I would say a day in the life when I was really deep into the work was very up and down and what I mean by that is it's true it's not a nine to five it's all very self-guided I did have some deadlines with my editor but they're generally pretty flexible so what I would do was when I was at the very peak of my drawing I would draw for 12 hours a day almost from like the time I woke up all the way to the time I slept I'd be drawing and or scripting and then I would do that for about um three weeks to a month and that's usually enough time for me to finish a particular stage if it was like all pencils or like all inks or maybe like my latest draft of my script and then when I turn that into my editor I would have another about three weeks of break where that would be the amount of time she would take to do all her edits and give me feedback so then I would take that time off to just not do any art and like refresh my creative brain again so that I don't get burned out for the next step that I have. Mm. And did it feel lonely to go through this experience? I know that you had co-workers when you were at a job and now you're on this journey on your own mm-hmm. at sometimes it did yeah partic- especially when I like didn't live with I did spend part of it at home in Dallas with my family and I spent part of it with friends at an Airbnb kind of up into the mountains I think those times were really amazing where I got to be in my zone doing art for most of the day but then when I tuned out and wanted a break here was like my friends or my family here and we could have a really good time the rest of the day and i'm someone who is an extrovert so i do require like a lot of social time to get energy and to refresh myself so it was particularly hard for like certain months in which i had lived alone in san francisco and and it does really get into your head like you're doing all these like really emotional scenes on your pages and you don't have people around to help you or like maybe even just be a sounding board whenever um, you're having doubts about a certain page. I was very thankful that I had a colorist who was working with me at the time named Wei and she and I would be a sounding board for each other. So that was pretty great. But we only really met once a week. I would say like being an artist can be pretty lonely, uh, especially for extroverts. But surrounding myself with people that I love was a great antidote for that. And in terms of people who want to pursue a similar career as you, do you have any advice for them on how to follow this path? Go viral. No, I'm kidding. That is one way, but most probably not the most practical way. I would say just keep creating and keep posting stuff out there. I know a lot of people will reach out to me and be like, oh, like, I want to write books or make art and they want to know where the opportunities are. But honestly, a lot of times the opportunities may not find you unless you have already put yourself out there. And so a lot of people are afraid of posting, but you have to post if you want to show people what you're made of. And also being able to create every day builds up that muscle for you when you actually get the job. And so... As long as you like keep creating, no matter like how bad you think your art is, like when I look back on the Wuhan I Know comic, I'm like, oh man, this definitely wasn't my best work. Like, why do people even like this? But it's the one that went viral. So you just never know what will catch people's eyes, what will get you those opportunities. So just keep shooting your shot. For sure. 
I think what you've been able to do so far is so inspiring and I'm really excited to see how you grow and as an artist in the future. To cap it off, I like to ask this question to everyone I interview, which is to understand what your aspirations are, whether that is like career related or outside of career related. Do you have any dreams in the for the future that you want to pursue? That's a great question. For the short term, I am working on my second book with HarperCollins. Um, and this one will be close to my heart too, because it's going to be a queer love story about, or a queer story about love and loss. For the long term, I do want to keep telling stories that like people can relate to and feel that they can connect with others on a joyous level i think my principle is like always be doing something that spreads love to others or helps others also spread love to those around them and so whether that's like doing comics or other things i've wanted to do was like maybe like write for SNL or go into comedy or make an animated movie make music I think all of these are pursuits that I want to have all in that same vein of helping people spread love to each other yeah that's a really amazing aspiration that you have and I'm really excited to see if I'll see your skit on SNL one day (laughs) that'd be so sick if any <laughs> SNL producers are listening to your podcast, hit me up. <laughs> so where can we find your book? And if we wanted to order it for release? Yeah, you can do one of two things. You can either Google Messy Roots Laura Gal, or if you go to lauragal.com, Messy Roots would be the first thing on my website. Awesome. Thanks so much for uh, being on this podcast. I really enjoyed hearing your story and just how you got here. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I just want to say that I really appreciate you. And if you have any amount of feedback for me, please feel free to send me an email or shoot me a message through my Instagram. My email is navigatingtechland at gmail.com. And you can shoot me an Instagram over at Alice and Techland handle. It is my dream to be able to inspire as many people as possible to lead fulfilling lives and to work somewhere that they find really exciting to them. So if this has at all been an inspiration for you, please send me a message.